conversations that matter to you. We need proper representation. Time for Fridays with Fry. With Russell Fry on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. Nikki Haley thinks that China is a great friend and gave them land in South Carolina, almost 200 acres. Donald Trump took on the Chinese from since day one, and he honestly, he was the first person to call out China for what they are. Mm. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. Congressman Russell Fry is joining us. With Queensryche off the uh, text line. Okay, got it. <laughs> Thank you so much for your requests on the Music Friday, First Choice Plumbing Services Music Friday. All right, Congressman Russell Fry, um, we're going to have six more days of spring. What do you intend to accomplish during those six weeks? Six days or six weeks? Six weeks. Six weeks. Okay. She misspoke. Sorry. I misspoke. She's what? arguing with her HOA. She's off her game. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. You know what's funny is I, um, I, we have so much to do. So much to do, and and I'm hopeful that we that we rise to the occasion. I think the frustration that I've got in Washington is that we we don't uh, often do that. I think the American people are frustrated, um, and they want results, and they're tired of the the Potomac uh, fever. Mm. Huh. Interesting. So, what is if I if I were you? I'm just saying, if I was someone in that kind of position, I would want to have as much impact as possible. Correct. So what kind of impact uh, are are you hoping to have this year? Because um, you are heading into also election season. Yeah. Um, we have to get a certain president elected. You have to get yourself reelected. Right. Um, and so it is about what to do to make your constituents you know, want to support you and say, yeah, go back and finish this job. Right. So to you, I mean, are you prioritizing certain things? What are certain um, your constituents saying is most important? What do they want? For, well, the, what they want most right now and what I hear a ton of is two things, uh, kind of two and a half, uh, but the border, the border, the border, the border. And that, I mean, that is honestly large, by and large, what I hear from people in the district, we are not on the southern border, but we feel the effects of the crisis at the border. People so, die every day from fentanyl. Yeah, uh, three hundred Americans die. You have record, record uh, illegal immigration coming into this country. Ten thousand people a day. People, it is right on the forefront of everyone's minds, and it's really interesting, Liz, because people. This isn't just a Republican issue. I hear from Democrats who are frustrated too, and you're and you're starting to see now. I mean. My colleagues across the aisle want to have amnesia on this, but it wasn't just it was just last year that we were told that we were imagining a border crisis. We knew we saw this for it's what it was. It's not a crisis, right? That's well, what yeah. we kept being told. Yeah, and now they're like, they don't want to fix it because they don't want to agree to this Senate plan, and they're <laughs> not serious. And No, we're very serious. We passed a plan. It's called H.R. 2, the Secure the Border Act. That is the House's position. And the Senate, you know, I know that the Senate has to – Look at our stuff. We have to look at theirs, and and there's got to be some you know meeting of the minds. Uh, but what we're hearing right now to the Senate, what I'm hearing right now to the Senate is that uh, it's just not it's not good enough. Do you guys in the House call out the Senate? Oh, for sure. I mean, look, they they this year uh, they they want to the media wants to focus on the dysfunction in Republicans and that we haven't passed all these because they bills. keep saying that about the House right. in particular. But the Senate, I mean, we've passed seven appropriations bills. Eight, maybe seven, eight. They've passed, I think, two or three. 
maybe, right? I mean, so they're just not doing it. I mean, while, while we were dealing with, you know, the Limit, Save, Grow plan and all these other things, they were passing resolutions on, you know, honoring maple syrup or whatever the, whatever <laughs> the thing is. And, and look, they've got a different function. I'm not going to, you know, completely beat them up. But, you know, Chuck Schumer needs to be held to account, too, for his failure to really bring anything to the floor. And, mm-hmm. and I think that they're scared of it because they know. I mean, he knows – uh, that the American people are ticked about what is going on on the border. They know that people are tired of the spending in Washington that's driving up the inflation. We feel it every day when you go to the mm-hmm, gas pump, mm-hmm. when you go to the grocery store. Just look around at house prices. And so they don't want to deal with the issues on that side, mm-hmm. and they have control in the Senate. They don't want to deal with the issues on that side uh, that would negatively impact them from an election standpoint. So they're just not dealing with it, which is unfortunate for the American people. All right. So um, when you hear people blaming the Republicans for this border crisis, uh, are people buying it, you think? No, I don't think okay. so. I, I think, look, there, there's been failures for a lot, many, many years on the border. But the one thing that House Republicans have shown this year is we're listening to the experts. We're showing what can be done to fix it. We know that under Trump, the border was never more secure. And that isn't just us saying that because we like the president. We saw it. We saw it. <laughs> and if you ask people on the ground in Yuma, Arizona or in Eagle Pass, Texas, they will say the same thing. Mm-hmm. These are men on the street, sheriffs, uh, people who are on the ground. They know that it was secure then. Uh, and then it was building to be more secure, and they know now that it has never been less safe, less secure. What do you make of the 25 GOP governors, including our own Governor McMaster, signing on to support Governor Abbott in Texas and what he's doing, um, you know, kind of uh, edging out the federal government because they're not really doing anything? This is really interesting. So I'm going to put on my lawyer hat for a second. Okay. We had a really good hearing about this on the constitutional framework of what this looks like. Traditionally, the courts have said that the federal government uh, has certain primary responsibilities. This isn't something that we give to the states. This isn't something that we share with the states. This is what is required of the feds, is, and, it's, and it's to maintain the border, right? I mean, that just says that. But what do you do? What happens when you have such a disaster, such a crisis, um, that you can't you can't resolve it anymore, and that, that states who are bearing the brunt of this, Texas, Arizona, California, um, New Mexico, what do you do with them Like if, they, if, if the feds won't act? And so here you've got states that are kind of stepping into the fold. They're not taking the federal requirements. Mm-hmm. They're not taking the federal uh, uh, responsibilities, but they are trying to patch up where the feds are not doing their job. And I think I applaud the governors for doing that. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, I mean, I know you've been around Trump a lot. Yeah. I don't know how much time um, you get to spend or get to talk with him, but I'm just wondering, how do you think he's doing? How is he holding up? I mean, does anybody ever ask him like, hey, <laughs> this this is a lot. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine how he gets out of bed every morning. Yet, he, I mean, he looks unscathed when he's talking in front of the groups, but um, I mean, I, I worry about what he's going through. I think it. I think it motivates him in a, in a way. When I've talked to him, you know, I said, you know, I hate I hate that you're going through this. Mm. And he said, I. He's like, I've never been more determined to mm. fight for the American people. Wow. And you know, he recognized it. And you look at this, and and look, they they spied on his campaign, right? That this was yeah. in 2015, 16, and so ever since then, they've done everything they can. And what happens to him? Also, what we see, and we we've had hearings on this, and this has come out. But what happens to him also happens to your average Joe, right? Where mm-hmm. 
where people can spy on you without a warrant, you know, where your speech is censured depending on what political persuasion you are. Uh, the same has been true for him, and the same is true for for us, us mm-hmm. average Joes, and 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 so he fights, uh, and I think he's determined to keep up that fight and to highlight this, to expose it, and to fix it. Yeah, well, I mean, he's doing this for us. I mean, I know, yeah, every, everybody in politics, and especially even that level of business, has a level of ego, and and you want to make things, you know, you want to prove that you can be successful at this. And I get there is a, an ego part of that. But he could just say, all right, I wasn't elected. Um, you know, I'm out. Yeah. But he is just constantly taking this on. I can't imagine. I mean, he's doing it for for, for the good. I mean, I, like, that's how I see it. I yeah. see like it's, it's somebody that is, um, you know, try, it's that person that's standing up against a bully that is really trying to usurp our American identity. Right. Right. No, it's, it's funny. Un- you know, you think if you remember when he first ran, they like the media kind of made fun of it. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, this is just like a this is just Donald yeah. Trump doing like wanting yeah. to get ratings or, you know, this is just a circus act. And then mm-hmm. and then he wins the nomination. They're like, you know, they took it a little bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he wins, which they didn't expect. I mean, it was like the shockwave of the yeah. century to them. And. You know, they went about trying to undo and and destroy mm-hmm. in, in the most crazy way possible. I mean, I just the, – the norms that have been reversed uh, because people have attacked him the way that they have. You know, you look at uh, the indictments. You look at the spying on his campaign. You look at all these things in culmination. You go, wow, like we sanction countries for actions that are similar to this. Oh, mm-hmm. we're going to remove yeah. him from the ballot? Like we're just going to remove him? Uh, even though there's been no charge of an insurrection, right. no conviction on an insurrection, we're going to remove him from the ballot. We're going to take away the people's choice. Like we literally sanction countries for that. Yeah. And and this is the left. This is the modern left right now, which is which is why it's so scary. Yeah, it is scary. And and you know they try to make it out like Trump never thought in a million years he would ever be elected. He was just a publicity stunt. And I don't believe that at all because knowing what I know about him. I am guessing he will never set upon any project or goal without um, the intention to winning it. Oh, for sure. So I feel like he always had the intention of winning the presidency. And for he sure. is again. Yeah. And, and and he is could possibly be out of, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. And loss of future business. Right. For, for America. Right. That is unbelievable to me. So um, talk it just real quick. And we're speaking with Congressman Russell Fry, Fridays with Fry. Um, Mayorkas, is this all worth it? Is this going to, you know, are, I think are we exposing it. something even if we don't find him impeached and removed? Yeah, I think it's worth it. And look, I, we can't control what the Senate does, but that's that's on them. The first step in in correcting an issue. You look at like the Federalist Papers, Federalist 65 lays out kind of the case on how things are impeached. And most people, most, most cases are for very clear, you know, bribery, things like that, crimes and moral turpitude. But it also, if you look at the history of impeachment and you go back to, to Britain, the, the purpose was that it allowed the legislative branch to fix a very egregious error. When somebody is not doing their job, when they're lying to Congress, when they're, when they're not fulfilling their oath to the constitution and to the law, 
and they change the law, which isn't their function. That's Congress's function. And they do it in such a capacity that, like, it just creates a, a disaster. You've got no choice. And if you look back at, at English common law um, and, you know, kind of the history of impeachment, that was kind of the reason why they included it in here, is that there are situations um, that that are that deem are deemed necessary to get rid of somebody who is just not fulfilling their oath. And here, it's it's so clear to me. It's been clear for months, um, and I think most Republicans are starting to kind of uh, come around to it. Maybe that we're a little bit hesitant. Um, so we'll see where it goes. But I don't think removal of Mayorkas fixes it entirely. I think it's a good step. Mm-hmm. And where you've got a bad actor who's not doing his job, who lies to Congress, says he has control of the border, when it's everyone knows he doesn't, um, get rid of him. Mm-hmm. It's time to get yeah. rid of him. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's just a tool of whoever's running the Biden administration to allow these open borders. Right. So I feel like he's just a sucker, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, but. The bottom line is, is what do you think their intention is by letting all these people in? Is it really this concept of replacement voters? And, you know, I mean, well, I, I mean, I look, I mean, we all goal. know that Biden is incompetent and um, and we, we like to uh, look at that. But I think this is because of the numbers and because of the fever pitch right now that's going on on the southern border. You've got governors, you've got Democratic mayors saying it they're still not doing anything, right? They're not trying to fix the issue. Mm-hmm. And you have to ask yourself why. If it's incompetence, you can see incompetence, if, uh, one, because of the results, but two, you see that somebody might actually try to do something and they're just so incompetent they yeah. can't do it. They're not even trying. Right. Right. So, so it is intentional, intentional and you wonder why and, and there's a lot of there's a And lot they're of blaming reasons. other people Correct. and still not doing it. Correct. Well, Congressman Russell Fry, we appreciate what you're doing. Um, is there anything that you'd like to add here? No, uh, we've we you know we had uh, we dropped a bill this week, uh, the human as a human trafficking bill, ah, uh, yeah. Survivors Relief Act, uh, allows for victims of human trafficking to kind of expunge their records. Prosecutors love this. Uh, uh, victims' rights organizations love this because a lot of times people get arrested for performing the services, Correct. but they're actually the victim. And I, I have a problem with that all the time when they were cracking down on the massage parlors here, the illegal ones. Right. They would put the mug shots of all the massage people, right. masseuses, and um, they would say, um, you know, these people were arrested for this, and they would say they were from Astoria, Queens, and they were working here. Right. You know they were trafficked from Korea. Correct. Because that was their, their home country. Right. And so this allows for some relief for the victims That's that they can great. get those charges done. It's nonviolent, so it's got to be, they can't be charged with, like, murder, right? Uh, yeah. But if you're picked up on, say, uh, prostitution or something like that. It allows for some relief, and the prosecutors love that this too great. because a lot of times victims don't think that they don't they don't they're not they're scared to say something or they don't think they're victims. One of the two, mm-hmm. and so they don't, and so it's very hard for law enforcement to kind of delve into and get to the actual people yeah. perpetuating this. Mm-hmm. If you have this, this allows for somebody to sing like a canary. And mm-hmm. let them sing. Let them tell their story. We yeah. want to hear their story, and we want to get the real people responsible, which are the traffickers themselves. Yes, I like that law. Do you, any chance of this passing? I, I think it's got a great shot uh, to build. We're building momentum on it now. It's bipartisan. I mean, Ted Lieu, who I agree with on nothing, 
Uh, he is the the primary sponsor on the Democratic side. Oh, okay. And so you're seeing, um, I mean, this is probably one of the few issues that you can actually have, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some, some bipartisanship, but it's just good public policy, honestly. And yeah. no one likes this practice. Uh, people want to fix it and provide, you know, there are 28 million people in the world that are uh, trafficked. Wow. And we're no stranger to that either. In no, this we're country. like the number one consumer of, of underage sex trafficking. Um, Nick, do you have any uh, comments on the Showtime Autoglass text line? Hey, we got one thing, uh, you know, in the light of Carrie Lake revealing that she was approached, you know, to either take one for uh, the team or be on the team. Has anyone ever approached you or do you know of anybody that you're serving with? No, I haven't had that, but my okay. response would be somewhat similar to Carrie Lake's. Well, you know, <laughs> like, what? Is this even going on right now? But, um, but do you believe that that, that happens? Well, I, do, I mean, for sure, for her, I've heard the recording. I mean, there's there's no question that, that We've somebody that had approached locally. her. Um, I personally have not had that, thankfully, uh, but my response would be much like hers and just like, is this even happening right now? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, get out of my office. <laughs> All right, Congressman Russell Fry, how can people contact you? No, please, listen, we're on Twitter, we're on Truth, we are on Facebook and Instagram. Call our office, email us. Uh, we help out. We got $600,000 for somebody the other day. Um, wow, can yeah, you do that for me? Small business issue. <laughs> uh, they were owed money by the, the federal government. Oh, and wow. just I, I just love wins like that. I really yeah. do. And and it's uh, it's important. So we continue to do it all the awesome. time. Can you do something about her, her Hitler at the HOA? Yeah. No? He made me take down my Trump sign. Oh, gosh. Um, oof. Tell, tell Trump I took one for the team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, they're coming after me in the HOA. Yeah. They, you know, oh, HOAs. If I oh, ever get them. to talk to him, wink, wink, I'm going to tell him that story. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then he owes me 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Congressman. We'll see you next time. Absolutely.